Here's a ground ball right side, could do it. The Houston Astros are world champions for the first time in franchise history. What would you like to tell your fans back in Houston watching right now? That we did, we did this for them. You know, I know we've been a lot. Uh, it's been a lot of going on in Houston since uh, last year, but this is because of them. They are the biggest reason why we're here playing every day. I don't think you can put it into words what it means to the people of Houston. Um, man, this is. Uh, we wore that patch and, and we wore it proudly. And uh, the people of Houston were never far from our minds. We know there are Minute Maid watching. You know, they were going crazy for us. I and mean, we saw the flat you know, on TV that they're taking the Minute Maid. And uh, they deserve this as much as we do, man. And we're going we're gonna to party hard. Here come the Astros with winning on their mind. Here come the Astros Astros haven't been number one every time, but this time they World are number champs, one. Astros! Oh my God, RG. I don't have much of a voice right now. I think I screamed. There was a bunch of just, yeah, and I can't even do it anymore. Uh, several times after it was over with. Have you run out the streets yet? Have you been out and streaking up and down, right? Because it's the biggest moment in your life there. It's like, man, it's just like uh, as, for, as far as sporting moments. I, next to the Rockets championships, I don't know what. I mean, this is just crazy right now. Altulve and McCullers said it. I mean, I can't tell you, RG. You know, I, 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 you root for your teams all the time. And it's you, you root for your teams, but you want to win. You know, because you feel like, hey, it's my city and whatever. But I wanted them to win so much. And we've talked about this on the show. I wanted to win, them to win because I like these guys. I loved, I loved getting to know these guys. They are great people. Um, you knew the work that they were putting in. You knew how hard they, they worked. And you knew what kind of people they were. And, you know, I'm so happy for them. And I'm happy for this city more than anything uh, everything that the city has gone through, I, I just, I can't even talk. Wow, that's pretty amazing that it's left you speechless there. You've lost your voice from an Astros championship. This is everything that we've all waited for our whole lives. I mean, it's been 56 season of the Houston Astros and all the disappointments. And then finally, you know, 2017 and Sports Illustrated in 2014, Ben Ryder wrote an article. He put George Springer on the cover. He said Astros world champs. And that's actually what came to fruition. 2017, the plan worked where Jim Crane and Jeff Luno set out to do hiring Bo Porter first, of course, and having to go through those tough 100 loss seasons. And then A.J. Hinch comes in and the young players who they had drafted start to finally come up and play. And this is what happens. It produces a championship. And it I, I don't know, like with you, it goes back to all the times. I mean, we all have our family members, some of whom have passed away, friends who have passed away, all these people who have cheered for the Astros over the years, starting from the 1960s for some people, when the franchise was born in 1962 as a Colt 45s. Then all the way through the 70s, the first pennant, or excuse me, the first uh, NL West championship in 1980, where we talked about it with Joe Necro, finally getting that, putting the Astros in, then losing to the Phillies, who would eventually become champions. Then 1986 with the heartbreak there against the Mets. And then the Bidjo and Bagwell years, kind of the cornerstone of the franchise. I mean, they, those were great years throughout the 90s. And then finally the Astros in 2004, 2005, 
with Carlos Beltran coming over. They're able to do it. They're get you know they can get to the NLCS with uh, Carlos Beltran, and then he and Jeff Kent walk after that season, and everybody thinks the Astros aren't going to do anything. They get to the World Series, finally get swept by by the Chicago White Sox, and then all of a sudden, you know, you go through all these years, and it was until 2015 that the Astros returned to the playoffs. I mean, and then, you know, they get to the playoffs. They have that lead against Kansas City. Kansas City goes on and wins a championship. And and the Astros, two years later, stick to the plan. And this way, we've also said, too, I mean, if we're ever going to win a championship, this isn't like the Rockets in 94, 95, when, hey, oh, Michael Jordan was out. And, you know, that that these championships, oh, yeah, well, the Rockets won only because Michael Jordan's Bulls weren't in there. No, the Astros beat the Yankees, the Red Sox first the New York Yankees and the Los Angeles Dodgers, a 104-win team, a great series, a great team, the Dodgers. The Astros truly deserve to be world champs. I mean, this is something we'll live with our whole lives. Go out, party right now, Houston. And like you said, for the community, for the devastation that everybody went through with Harvey, people are still suffering out there. They're still having their homes that they're having to repair after all the flooding. And yeah, I, I'm like you. I've I've, I've, I must say I've, uh, you know, had a, a, a drink or two here this evening because it's just been, you know, just kind of this great celebratory moment. And I got into it when the Astros were popping open champagne, too. So I said, got to join in the fun there. But this is ab- absolutely one of the greatest nights as far as being a Houston sports fan, winning a title in baseball. This is something we will remember for all our lives and a great team. And I couldn't help, RG, I don't know about you. I couldn't help but think about, you know, we've interviewed Tal Smith. He's still around. He's he's getting older. You know, somewhere I know he was watching this on television or wherever he was, and, and, and he got a chance to see the Astros finally win after all the years that he spent working for this organization trying to win a championship. Bob Aspermani, who we've talked to, uh, original Astro. Uh, you, th- you talk about um, Biggio and Bagwell. We, we know about those guys. But uh, Jimmy Wynn, the toy cannon, you know, his health is not good. I, I, I've seen him in the last uh, year. And, you know, he's, he's still around though. He's still around. And you've got to know that this has got to be so special for those guys. It's got to be special for those guys. RG Larry Durker. Think about Larry Durker right now. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about a lot of things, but I'm also thinking right now, Astros are the first team in Texas to win a world series. And Nolan Ryan, remember all the times he got close with the Rangers, but I just like being the, the first team, the Astros started off in 1962 with, again, the Colt 45s change over the Astros when they moved in the Astrodome. But Hey, Astros own Texas first team ever to win a world series. They'll never be able to say the Rangers will never be able to say that we took Texas first. No, the Astros did world champs. And winning pennants in both leagues, the NL, the AL. This is just a special time. World Series. And and the thing about it, too, is like you said with Larry Durker, that's a guy. There's a lot of franchise lifers. I think of like uh, Roy Hoffines, right, starting off this whole, the judge, um, Judge Hoffines starting off this, and, and Bob Smith and all the others who, who brought baseball to Houston. And then kind of through kind of the hard, the lean times, just uh, all the different incarnations of the Astros franchise. And again, like for a lot of us, we grew up during the, you know, the Nolan Ryan years and uh, Mike Scott and the great pitching staffs and, and Cheo Cruz, and then goes to the Biggio and Bagwell era. And that's when, again, a new legion of fans kind of developed and seeing Biggio and Bagwell and Berkman and all those great teams. I mean, now we're really seeing this. And I noticed that Alex Rodriguez even talked about it on this show uh, with Fox, he said that this is a new core four with the Astros, and it really 
It really is when you see guys like Jose Altuve, George Springer, Alex Bregman, and uh, uh, Carlos Correa. You, you're just uh, seeing these guys that are. Um, did I say that correctly? I mean, I'm going over. I'm like in delirium right now. George Springer, Alex Bregman, uh, Jose Altuve, and Carlos Correa, a new core four. These are building blocks. These are guys that have already won a championship. It's really exciting. We don't know what the future portends. We don't know what's going to happen there, but we know that the Astros at least will always have this championship. We'll always remember this like we remember 94, 95 with the Rockets. You know, this is a title finally for Houston. It feels great. Carlos Correa, how about him? He proposes, RG. <laughs> he proposes right after he wins the championship. I mean, uh, boy, you talk about special moments. I mean, it just kept getting better and better as you you watch the post game, and you heard earlier Altuve, Altuve, and uh, and uh, Lance McCullers and, and those guys. But you know, we we can't even continue, RG, without talking about. Uh, a guy that's really special to to both of us. We we've interviewed him several times on this show. Uh, I, I I felt like the moment that this Astros new era started. Uh, you could say it was Al- Altuve. You could say it was Dallas Keuchel. But the moment as a fan that you felt like uh, th- things are starting to change. We're starting to see the guys that we want to see. I remember George Springer gets called up, and I said you know, whatever I'm doing, I'm going to the ballpark that night. So I was there. I was sitting out in right field in the bleachers. I'm like, I'm going to go see this guy, George Springer, that everybody's talking about. I'm hoping this guy is going to be one of the saviors of the franchise. And, and just the, the as somebody that you see, uh, he didn't come on like gangbusters. He wasn't the Carlos Correa coming, you know, quite like that out of, out of the bat. But, you know, he just – he, he slowly and slowly and slowly got better and better and better before your eyes. And all of a sudden, you know, he's a MVP candidate halfway through the season before he gets hurt. And then of all things, he's the guy that wins the world series MVP wins the Willie Mays, the new Willie Mays awarded uh, named award of the MVP. And RG, the thing that he said was that when I grew up and I was hitting baseballs and I would pretend and I would, you know, try to pretend to be Willie Mays. That was my guy. He said, I would pretend to be Willie Mays when I was a kid. And so for him to win that award for everything that comes his way, this guy so much deserves it. I, we, you can't, I, I can't even express enough. Um, you know, just, he's, he's just a special guy. And, and uh, you know, I'm just so happy for him. You know, we, we saw him, his stuttering got better as he, as you know, with everything else that he does, his stuttering slowly got better and he never, ever let that be a hindrance to him and he embraced the challenge of it and I knew he would embrace this challenge in the World Series because that is who George Springer is yeah most definitely George Springer uh like you said uh grew up in Connecticut you know he he grew up actually a Boston Red Sox fan but his uh, mother uh, was a gymnast and his father was also an athlete so it always had all the tools a very athletic player the Astros drafted him and you have to give some credit to the old regime too let's not forget like even though we you know ed wade and bobby heck uh, we uh, sometimes joke around uh, about them but you know have to so kudos go to them because you know they're the ones that signed out tuve under the ed wade administration Springer. and of course jeff luno went ahead and and uh you know drafted carlos correa and you know lance mccullers and and some of the uh, alex bregmans of course but uh yeah, you, you can't forget like what the previous administration did. And then, yeah, George Springer, just in this whole playoffs, remember he had the terrible ALCS and, and was struggling and then the World Series and the game two, 
he gets that uh, key home run and, and uh, you know, is able to help catapult the Astros to victory after the Dodgers had tied that. And again, you know, he wins a World Series MVP. And that just shows you, like, to be a, a champion. I always remember the Rudy Tomjanovich line, don't ever underestimate the heart of a champion. Well, well, now the Astros have that. And, and they had it throughout this playoffs and this World Series, whether it was a Game 7 against the Yankees, Game 6 and Game 7, backs against the wall. Whether it was a, when they were down 3-1 in Game 2, looking like they're going back to Houston 2-0 and, then, and having to come back with a Springer home run. I mean, Springer kind of, he sets a tone. He is the leadoff hitter. And a lot of people said, drop him in the order. And you know, like you said, he ends up in Game 7, first of all, you know, he gets that double to start off the game, right, against Hugh Darvish. So immediately Hugh Darvish is having to pitch out of the stretch. He's having to think about runners on base. And, you know, in that first inning, I mean, that would ultimately prove all the runs that the Astros would need. You know, they, Alex Bregman hits the ball, and then there's the error. Well, I mean, the thing about it, RG, is you look at how they scored the first three runs, and for all right. the talk about how, oh, the Astros are, you know, they hit for power, you know, they've got this great offense or whatever – they did, they did it in this game with, you know, just moving guys along. Bregman causes the error, but that's because he was smartly trying to hit between first and second and moving a runner over to, uh, from second and third. Altuve gets the ball in play and, and, and gets that run to score. Uh, even Lance McCullers, look at Lance McCullers at bat. That was huge. Him able to to just get the ball in play as a pitcher. We've seen so many pitchers that just couldn't get the ball in play. Uh, and what are we going to remember about Josh Reddick this postseason? I guess in his uh, you know Captain America uh, underwear celebrating in the post game locker room because basically his at bats in game six and seven, and he was finally pulled uh, for Cameron Mabin. Great guy, great teammate. Uh, had the key hit against uh, Boston in that game four, finally clinching. But other than that, he was a pretty big zero on a disappointing World Series. Uh, but, hey, I don't want to criticize any of these guys tonight because it's a it's a great win. And like you said, like uh, Lance, Lance McCullers, Josh Reddick had a terrific regular season. He deserves it as much as anybody. And uh, I also wanted to ask you, too, what did you think of finally a couple of guys? A, first of all, Carlos Beltran. We've spoken about him before. He played with the Astros in 2004. Remember, he hit all those home runs in the postseason. They came up short in the NLCS. That was the Biggio Bagwell-Berkman era. And you know, so he kind of is a link to those two eras. He finally comes back to the Astros and basically was a pinch hitter in the World Series. Uh, wasn't starting even at DH anymore. Coach but Beltran. Finally, he was Coach Beltran yeah. in the World Series. But I mean, I want to ask about him and then also Brian McCann, because that's another guy. These are two veterans, you know, came over from the Yankees. And and uh, he was a guy that, you know, is, is kind of towards the end of his career. Again, another bridge that I remember in the 2005 playoffs with Brian McCann hitting a home run. I, I, you know, all of that. He was a young player then, and he was a dangerous bat in the lineup as a young player. And he's come over to the Astros. These are two guys that, you know, who are veterans. And you just love seeing those guys uh, finally getting a win. Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, Beltran, for, the, for just what his career is, I mean, this guy's going to be a Hall of Famer. And this sort of puts the, the icing on the cake for him. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if this was his last game ever and what a way to go out. I mean, yeah, you didn't see him do much for the Astros in the postseason on the field. You didn't see it, but you knew what he did behind the scenes and they talked about it all year long. These guys talked about what he meant and Brian McCann, he did it at the plate. I mean, he did it in the field. He, he was doing everything for the Astros. And I mean, it's just... You you can't he win. He made as many trips out as a, out to the mound as a Schroeder would to Charlie Brown. 
Yeah, you just can't say enough about what these guys did and and throughout the th- throughout the series. And uh, also, I mean, w- there's a, one guy that yeah, got to talk about. How can you not talk about this guy? Uh, who would have thought when the Astros made their offseason moves? We we talked about McCann, we talked about Beltron and Reddick, and all those guys were the main part of the conversation. But the guy that we barely mentioned or you know he was he was mentioned but he wasn't a major part we were like well I don't know if that's a a a big move or not Charlie Morton was as cool as a cucumber his stuff was absolutely wicked in the in the championship series in the world series I mean I'm watching him out on the mound my heart's jumping through my chest I can't sit down I'm pacing I'm walking around and Charlie Morton looked like he was playing catch in the park with his with this five-year-old, like this was just another day in the at the park. It's just unbelievable what Charlie Morton did. And, I mean, he was the guy that if there's a MVP of the World Series as a pitcher, it's Charlie Morton. I mean, it's Charlie Morton is the best pitcher on the Astros team in this World Series. That's amazing. Well, he did a terrific job. I mean, I, I still think Justin Verlander with his two starts there, too. I mean, that one, he kept him in the game and then losing uh, the previous night. And what Brad Peacock did, it was a team effort. But Charlie Morton, what he did in Game 7, first of all, against the Yankees and the ALCS to, to help the Astros win a pennant, and Lance McCullers came in in relief. This time it was the other way around. Lance McCullers started, and it was Charlie Morton going the distance. And there were times in there I was wondering, mm, are the Astros going to pinch hit for him? What's A.J. Hinch going to do? They got Keuchel in the bullpen, have Berlander in the bullpen. I could see Berlander coming in for the last three outs and you know, getting capping off his World Series crew. And just Charlie Morton. Look at the way that that guy pitches. I mean, he just has some meat. He has a 97, 98-mile-per-hour fastball. That's exactly what you want coming out of the bullpen. Three days rest. He had pitched well, like you said earlier, series. He has that curve. You know, he has his breaking pitches. But he just, when he wants to throw that high heat, and the Dodgers have a problem with that. That's the one kind of Achilles heel. They're looking to lift the ball. If you can get that 97, 98 mile per hour fastball in the upper part of the zone, that, you know, uh, they can go down and then you mix it with breaking pitches where they're having to look at all parts of the plate, you know, and, and not knowing where things are going to come, you know, that, that was definitely, like you said, he was in rhythm and he came in remember he gives up the run. So you're not even sure if he's going to survive that inning. He ends up getting the key strikeouts there. And uh, you know, I, again, you have to commend Char- Charlie Morton. Because- I mean, who, who would have believed with Charlie Morton that um, you would have had Keuchel and Verlander in the bullpen. And, and, and I'm sure every Astro fan at home, home is going, no, 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 no. Leave Charlie Morton out there. Leave Charlie Morton out there. Game 7 of the World Series. We want him. He's the guy. Well, it's, yeah. You know, I kind of like watching this whole World Series night. You know, before the game, everybody was like, probably felt the same thing, too. Uh, it was, uh, the Dodgers are going to win this game. They're at home. They won the Game 6 with the Verlander starting. It's kind of seeming to be the Dodgers. Tommy Lasorda said, I don't give a blank what you did last night. It's all about game seven to Dave Roberts before the, the, the game. Uh, and uh, he said that after the, uh, the, the game six win by the Dodgers. And so a lot of people were already kind of a fait accompli. A lot of people probably in Houston were already resigned to, Oh, well, the Astros had a great season, go seven games. And uh, I just was reminded, I saw the star Wars uh, trailer for uh, the last Jedi in there. And Luke Skywalker says that key moment, this is not going to go the way you think. 
And I, I really like with, from the minute the Astros started off there and then they get the five to nothing lead. I did not think the Astros would have a five to nothing lead. Their offense finally awakened in the first inning. That's what they did most of the season long, but they haven't been doing it on the road in the postseason. Lance McCullers, I mean, magician, really, those first three innings, how many times with how many bases, uh, base runners, runners in scoring position, the Astros were able to shut down the Dodgers. Then, like, Brad Peacock comes in. You know, I mean, in this much maligned bullpen, it's like what I told you, you know, you were talking about, well, who do you go to and all of that? Even Francisco Liriano and Chris Davinsky coming in for a batter or two, they turned out to be key. You know, Brad Peacock, we can't forget what he was able to do. He came in and kept things uh, going. And Clayton Kershaw really pitched well for the Dodgers. He gave them four strong innings. He came in there and, and kept the uh, Astros at bay. And so, I mean, that's why, yeah, Charlie Morton coming in and closing it down. I mean, this bullpen, uh, I mean, they were pretty much tremendous to allow only one run to this prolific Dodgers offense at home in a World Series game seven. I mean, it's it it's just a capper. And, and hey, we were talking about this, too. At least it was a little bit easier having a four to five run lead. I don't think any of our hearts could have taken another one run or that the game had been tied and go to extra innings or the Astros cough up a lead and have to come back. Hey, now we can go back and watch game five again. Thir- that. The big win, you know, that game where the Astros finally come back and win it 13 to 12. And that's like turns a series. And, you know, hey, that's what everybody will remember that game. And, and, and then finally winning a game seven. But now all those other victories mean something because the Astros were able to win this game seven. I'm glad they made it a little, little bit easier on Houston Hearts to not where the tying run was coming up. And Dodger Stadium was rocking in the ninth inning. Yeah. And, and, and you mentioned, uh, you know, you talk about guys that. Uh, struggling, you mentioned earlier, Reddick. I mean, you know, Altuve, he, he just hit 194 in this series from, from the last numbers that I'm looking at. So, but he it, carried the team, and he had, I mean, Altuve throughout the uh, the playoffs, and then he also had he had the key hits in, 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 in games two and games five. He was a much different hitter at home. Yeah, he struggled these last two games, but, I mean, Altuve has just been so great. I mean, you just can't. You can't say enough yeah, about it. But that's what I'm saying. You can't, you can't, you know, say, well, but look at what, you know, Radic really didn't do anything. Well, I, I didn't mean, I'm sorry that I kind of said that. It's a night to celebrate. Let's not go over the negative or anything like that. But I. But the point, the point I'm making with what you say is that this, you know, that's why this is a team game. Exactly. And, and life, you know, you got to learn that. You need, sometimes you need somebody's help. Sometimes you need somebody to pick you up. And then sometimes you got to pick somebody else up. You know, there's it's one of the things I love about sports um, is what you see with the Astros. They they all knew that everybody got them there. Look, a lot of the guy the guys in the bullpen, most of them sucked in, throughout the playoffs. It was a bad playoffs for most of the bullpen, including Ken Giles. But you know, those guys throughout the year, you know, you get to the point where you got home field advantage, so you could win that Yankee series, and you got home field advantage against the Red Sox. And, and, and you were in position to do the things that you were doing because of what Chris Davinsky did the first half of the season and what Will Harris did the first half of the season and what Ken Giles did for most of the season. So you look at what everybody puts into this, and it's, it's, uh, it's so many guys having to come together and, and do this. You know, that's, that's why they always talk about that. You know, they always mention 
the other guys. And in life, it's, it's, a, it's a lesson for us all, the way this Astro team showed us, you know, this is how you do things. This is how you come together. This is how you do not give up no matter what happens. You just do not give up. And when they say earn history, uh, there's no question. I never knew what that was going to mean until you watch what the Astros had to go through to win this World Series, Game 2 and Game 5. I don't even feel like it was as much the players earning history. I felt like the fans earned their history too because it was it was like uh, it was your heart. It was just, you know, it's up in your chest and beating like crazy and you're, you're pacing back and forth and you're perspiring and, and through all of these games. But the Game 2 and Game 5, it, it just put everybody through an entire ringer. Uh, even and, and because of what happened in game two and game five, you're watching game seven. And even when it's five to one and Charlie Morton's rolling along, I don't know about you, but I'm still thinking I saw what happened in game two. I saw what happened in game five. Anything can happen in this series. Let's just get to this final out already. Of course. I mean, it's 27 outs. Look, the Dodgers are a great team. I don't know if you saw Dave Roberts out of the game. Very classy. Complimented the Astros on, on being an excellent team. And also, he's a friend of A.J. Hinch, complimented A.J. Hinch and how he managed the, the team. So, And the Dodgers, they were a great team. The, the Astros, I mean, they, you, you could play a best five out of nine and, you know, <laughs> however you want to do it, best six out of 11, whatever. And it, it, these games would all be close and tight. The Dodgers, you know, are a full, complete, deep team. I mean, the Astros just edged them out. We're a little bit better. We're world champs. That's why I really feel like, this was a championship earned by Houston. This was a team that was born in Houston in 1962. It, you know, the franchise has been through so many ups and downs. And I mean, even just two years ago, the Astros had a 4-1 lead against Kansas City and Carlos Correa bobbles up ball and everything. And I really felt tonight, like watching the game, like remember last night in the, as we're recording this, of course, we're recording it post game. So uh, on the Tuesday night, game six, I, the Astros, it seemed like every hard hit ball, it was to a Dodger. If there were any breaks, it was going to the Dodgers. That's just how baseball is. But for whatever reason, in game seven, the Dodgers hit some really hard shots, you know, and the Astros were just feeling it perfectly or they were in the right place at the right time or Bregman makes a sensational play to throw out a runner. I mean, just those type of things that you you uh, when you're going to win a championship, you got to have the ball bounce kind of the right way. And if it does, you know, take care of it. Don't don't. Once I saw the Dodgers, too, in the first inning, having that throwing error, having things that they uncharacteristically, you know, they usually don't do. They don't make errors. They don't do those things. And so you when you're able to capitalize them on them and then the Dodgers have runners in scoring position. Remember, the Astros put all the traffic on the bases in game six and they weren't able to drive anybody in. Well, the Dodgers, that was happening to them in game seven. And when the Astros were up there, they were getting the runs in. And that's just baseball. It's those little things. Like you said, it's a team sport. Guys pick each other up if somebody's not doing well. And it, it was just really nice to see, I mean, two great teams going at it. This is, I mean, this is, I don't know, where do you rank this now as far as best World Series you've ever seen in your life? I mean, taking out the Houston angle from it, taking out how partial we are, this is always going to be our greatest but, uh, you know, what do you feel like as far as just from a historical perspective watching baseball? The games in, in, with the Mets and the Red Sox to me in, in 86, uh, you know, that, that, that series. And I, I think so much of that also was the lead up to it. And obviously the Red Sox dealing with the curse and, and all the characters that you had from the, from the New York Mets and everything. And then, you know, 
like I said, the lead up, the, the ALCS and the NLCS that year, probably the two best league championship series uh, combination in the history of, of baseball. I, I don't even know if there's much of an argument about that. I mean, I think somebody like Bob Costas would tell you that. But as far as this World Series would go. Well, I remember, mean, I, I want to interrupt you there for a second. What about, I, I agree with you, 86 was great. But remember 2004, because the Red Sox came back from 3-0. And then the Astros and the Cardinals, people forget about that. All those great games with Beltran and went to seven games. And the Astros had a 3-2 lead in that series. So Astros were probably involved in two of the greatest, like when you were talking about, you know, uh, NLCS, ALCS, you know, in tandem. Who who are in that conversation for the greatest World Series of all time? Give me some World Series. And well, I'll... people always talk about, of course, the Mazeroski home run. I don't think anything's ever going to top that because it was against the Yankees at their their peak, their dynasty. And, and you know, Mazeroski hits, like, you know, basically the game-winning home run there uh, for Pittsburgh. And, you know, so that's like uh, one of the, the great all-time wins and – and then you have, of course, the, you know, a lot of people talk about uh, the World Series with the Diamondbacks finally breaking through and uh, getting to Mariano Rivera with Luis Gonzalez, just because they had classic game sevens, um, you know, and some talk about the, you know, uh, uh, I mean, different World Series. I mean, if you like people talk about the Braves and Twins World Series because of the, the pitching matchup between John Smoltz and, and Jack Morris in that 1-0 victory. Here's what here's where I, I think the Astros series has some stuff, but it it doesn't have the deciding game seven that, you know, some of, right. some of the series have. It's but... more like I would say like the Rangers and Cardinals series, because remember that game six, they were down to an out. The Cardinals and David Fries, you know, gets them uh tied and land go ahead Lance. Norton. yeah yeah but here's where the you know i'm going to tell you where the why the astros series fits into it i i think the the, the quality of of the two teams that are playing uh to me it, it was top notch with the with the type of the type of talent that you had going in this series and you had two teams with 100 wins and, and you, you don't see that often in the world series it's very unusual and so the quality between these two teams and the number of players that I think we're going to be talking about for years and years to come from Altuve to Correa to Springer to Cody Bellinger. Uh, you know, maybe Justin Turner can keep this up. Um, but there, Corey Seager. Yeah, Corey Seager. There, there's so many guys. Obviously, uh, you talk about Justin Verlander and Clayton Kershaw. We're talking about two of the greatest pitchers of all time. So, I mean, that 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 is why I think this series, you know, has got a lot going for it. But that's something... Archie, to me, that's something we need to talk with uh, some of our uh, our historians, like our friend Greg Lucas or Bill Brown. Let's bring them in because I don't feel like I'm the always the best judge of that type of stuff. And I, I certainly. What do you think too, like about like of uh, finally Justin Verlander? I mean, we really haven't talked about. It. I, I uh, hey, we haven't had a Kate, Kate Upton mention yet, but uh, uh, she was down there celebrating. But I uh, wanted to ask you just about like, you know, Justin Verlander, that trade. I mean, we've discussed it before, but for people who might be listening for the first time to us now after the Astros win the World Series, it, you know, uh, just what Justin Verlander coming to the team has meant and and, th- and throughout the postseason. And for him, remember, he had he was on the 2006 Detroit Tiger team that lost the St. Louis Cardinals. He was on the team. And and what was it? Uh, 2000 and uh 13 that or 2012 that lost excuse me to the uh to the giants so i mean he's been on a couple of world series losers 
And, you know, finally to get over here at the very last second, two seconds before the deadline, come to the Astros right after Hurricane Harvey, and then just almost be unbeatable. His first loss as an Astro was in the World Series Game 6, and then in Game 7, the team comes back, what you were talking about before, resilient, comes back, picks him up, wins Game 7. He gets his first World Series ring title. I mean, it cements his place in the Hall of Fame. Right. I mean, I, I don't know if there's anything I can add to the Justin Verlander thing. You mentioned the, the seconds. You know, they talk about baseball being a game of inches. In this case, it was a, it was a game of seconds because th- th- those two seconds or whatever saved the Astros' season and made them World Series champions without question. But I, I want to talk about some storylines that people uh, might not know as much about. But A.J. Hinch, he, he was a guy that be- became a manager, one of the youngest managers in baseball. And, you know, he, he said he was too young for it. And, and this is somebody, R.G., we had a chance to be around A.J. Hinch. And A.J. Hinch is one of the most uh, genuine guys that you'll ever run across as far as a manager or a, a head coach in sports he, he's so easy to get along with and you just understand well isn't bill o'brien when you cover the texans well that that well that would be my point right there i mean he's the opposite of somebody like bill o'brien that just to me a, a bill o'brien i don't know maybe the texans feel like he's an inspiration or maybe that's what they're going to tell you but no this this is the type of guy that inspires you just like rudy t just like you know, bum Phillips, but in a different way, you know, instead of, you know, bum was kind of the, you know, he's the country guy with the, the sayings and all that sort of stuff. AJ's the Stanford guy, the smarter guy that, you know, he fits in with a little bit of the nerd culture, but there's a coolness about AJ Hinch, you know, uh, you know, he's a guy that you could go up and talk to at the bar and have a great conversation with. He, he's so sharp, but what you see and what you remember when you talked with George Springer, uh, and he talked about uh, in, in the interview that you did with George Springer, he talked about um, that he's the type of guy you want to play for because, you know, the, the one thing George Springer mentioned in that interview that you did with him was that AJ, you knew that he knew what you were going through. He had been a player before he understood it. And, and it hadn't been that long since AJ Hinch had been a player and it, it had been so uh, it's been such a short time ago that Carlos Beltran, he said, was the best teammate that he ever had. I mean, he was teammates with Carlos Beltran. I mean, I, I, is there is which one is older, RG? I forget. Is it Beltran or AJ Hinch? No, AJ Hinch is older, but yeah. Uh, it's Carlos not by Beltran. much. It's not by yeah. much, is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, a few years, but yeah, no, not, not that much. Uh, they're both uh, kind of early 40s there, but yeah. Uh, Definitely A.J. Hinch is the new type of manager. Both he and Dave Roberts are the kind that – and you're seeing this throughout baseball. By the way, uh, Alex Cora is going to be managing the uh, Boston Red Sox. He's the bench coach for the Astros. The Astros are going to need a new bench coach next year. I guess that could be Carlos Beltran, right? Right, <laughs> If he yeah. decides to retire. Uh, but, uh, yeah, A.J. Hinch is that new type of manager that every organization wants because he communicates well with the players, but he's also very much into the analytics, which you have to work well with the front office. Because remember, the reason why Jeff Luno said that he got rid of Bo Porter, there was just kind of an impasse in the communication. There, You know, you want to be on the same page as your manager. You want to be able to to, to move forward and go with the progressive thinking and, and, and as far as managing baseball games, the, the latest data and analytics. And A.J. Hinch embraces all of that. He's had front office experience. He's a former player, so he communicates well that way. He's pretty much, you know, 
Yeah, they're the old school managers like T T Tommy Lasorda, you know, back in the day, or Jim Leland, and you know, Tony Larusa kind of was your lawyer turned, uh, you know, former ball player becoming manager. And now it seems like, yeah, St the AJ Hinch and Dave Roberts, these are the prototype guys to manage. And the Astros are really fortunate because they're kind of like again credit Jeff Luno for discovering AJ Hinch because he he didn't have success in his first stop in Arizona. A lot of the players, you know, he's kind of learning you know, how to manage is kind of the same thing as Terry Francona when he, you know, was first hired by the Phillies and, you know, was fired and, and then gets, you know, hired by the Red Sox and, and leads them to their first championship, you know, in 86 years. And so with Astros, with A.J. Hinch, he had failure. And that I think that's a good lesson for a lot of people to learn that, you know, sometimes things don't work out the first time around. It maybe is a good omen for uh, Brad Ausmus, who had a job with the Tigers and lost it. And, you know, he'll probably, he'll be much better in his second managing job. I mean, it, it, sometimes you just need to, you know, go through that experience, have the failure. It makes you stronger. A.J. Hinch went to the Padres after that. He was able to work in the front office. That's how he got to know Dave Roberts. Both of these guys worked in the Padres organization. They were able to see baseball from a different angle, from a different perspective. They still were smart. They still were former players. But it's all helped in how they manage a ball club. And, uh, I mean, again, like you said, I mean, he's able to do so many, wear so many different hats. You really have to do that in today's baseball. We mentioned Justin Verlander earlier that the Detroit Tigers on Twitter said for someone who has earned several honors over his career, we know this one is special. Congrats at Justin Verlander. So there you go. That, that I know, look, RG, here's what I know from my friends around the country. I've had Cardinals friends congratulate me on this one, and they're happy for the Astros. I've had Cubs fans congratulate me. Uh, you know, and they're happy for the Astros fans and they're happy for the city of Houston. People around the country, uh, they were rooting for, for us. And, it, you know, it's, it's nice to know that, you know, you have some friends out there that, that want the Astros to win. And uh, it's so cool. You, you, we, we, we were rivals with the Cardinals and the Cubs for a while. But I think the respect that th this team uh, has drawn from around the country is magical. James Harden. Uh, also on Twitter, Stroh's congrats on earning your way into Hey, how about J.J. Watt with every pitch, too? <laughs> yeah, James Harden saying, Stroh's congrats on earning your way into history. Much respects. Congrats, Astros. Uh, Houston Strong, that's from James Harden up in New York with uh, the Rockets right now. Uh, Cameron Mabel uh, on Twitter, we battled, we persevered, we never gave up. We did it for the most deserving fans in the world. We're Houston strong and World Series champs. Uh, just uh, <laughs> it's still it's still trying to sink in. Wade Phillips, son of bum. You know him on Twitter. You know him, longtime Houston sports fans. He said, "Congrats, Houston strong." Uh, the, the 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 congrats are coming in from all over the place. Deshaun Watson, uh, World Series two south. You know, actually. Uh, Deshaun Watson has, doesn't have his new tweet up, but I'm sure he'll, he'll have one up soon as I'm looking through uh, Twitter. I'm just kind of doing this off the seat of my pants. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, it's really amazing. And, um, you know, Brian T. Smith said, uh, Reed Ryan, that's another guy. One of our first interviews, RG, on the show, uh, he said, as the tears flowed, this, and this is quoting Reed Ryan, this is for 80, for 86, for 98 for 05 for everybody that's ever worn this uniform. That's Reed Ryan, a friend of the show. We've had him on a couple of times. 
great guy. I mean, you know, we know about his dad, and but this is, a, a, you know, Reed Ryan's one of the class guys, a guy who the, was around the clubhouse back in 86, you know, as a kid when Nolan was pitching at the time. And he was there, you know, watching Biggio when, in it, during his first year and, and, and playing with Craig Biggio around that time. So, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, you know, it all kind of connects with the Astros, which is really cool. And not every organization is like this. Hey, people kind of forget to Nolan Ryan when he first got into the big leagues. He was on those Miracle Mets, the 1969 Miracle Mets that beat the Baltimore Orioles in the, in the World Series. So Nolan Ryan wins a World Series. He's out of the bullpen during that time. I mean, he's a young, hard-throwing flamethrower. I mean, he would always be that, but he wasn't a starter. He wasn't the great, legendary Nolan Ryan. This is his first World Series championship since then with the Houston Astros as a, uh, you know, special advisor to the club and, you know, his son involved with the organization. Remember, you know, he came up short in, in 1980 when a few outs from the World Series, he had the lead. And, and you know, you think, OK, the Astros are going to the World Series against the Phillies. Phillies come back, win in extra innings. They go on 86. I mean, much detailed there. And the, the Mets in that 16 game extraordinaire in game six, with Mike Scott looming and, you know, Nolan Ryan, of course, goes to the Texas Rangers and then, you know, retires and goes with the Texas Rangers and uh, becomes an owner. And in 2011, that Lance Berkman World Series with the Cardinals, you know, uh, with the, the David Fries heroics and Albert Pujols uh, three home run game and all of that, you know, you had uh, uh, you had uh, uh, Nolan Ryan, uh, of course, as an owner for the, the Rangers, thinking he's going to win a World Series then. And then the following year, thinks he's going to win it again. And the Giants uh, get, get the Rangers. And again, that's why I think it's so special. I, You know, the Houston Astros, I, I mean, we've discussed this, you know, they talk about, well, the Rangers, because they were the Washington Senators and, uh, you know, they haven't run since 1961. No, this is Houston. It's been this was a 56 year. They had this long drought, long suffering. It's, you know, I know it's a football town, but baseball's always been up there, too. The Astros are a beloved franchise. And that's why it's really so special to have all these people who are who've been part of the organization from its past. Now, you know, and now, you know, Jim Crane got to give credit to him and his ownership and being able to go out this past offseason, bring in the veterans to go with the young core. And really, it's brought a championship. There's so many people to share it with the Biggios and the Bagwells. And like you said, the Ryans and. Uh, the Billy Dorans or the, uh, you know, Glenn Davis or, you know, uh, the Joe Sam Beatos, uh, the back to the Doug Ruder, uh, Rooster Radar uh, or, you know, right, whomever, right. You, want, Jimmy oh, yeah. Grant, whomever yeah. you want to. I mean, all these great Astros yeah. have ever won their uniform. It's just that's why it's so special. Yeah. Yeah. And and you you talk about Nolan Ryan, just to put it into perspective in 1969, when he won with the Miracle Mets, he was 22 years old. Uh, Nolan Ryan is 70 right now. So that that is how long it's been for Nolan Ryan between wow. those two world yeah. championships. And, and that kind of puts it into a little bit of perspective. And yeah, we talk about it's a football town, like you said, with the Texans and the Oilers and stuff like that. But let, let's be honest. Hey, it's the Houston Astros. They were the first major sports team to come to Houston. They broke the barrier uh, they put Houston on the map because of the Astrodome, because you mentioned him earlier in the show, because of the guy, the guy behind it all, the Astros or, original guy, the, the one that built the Astrodome. Who am I talking about, RG? Roy Hoffines. I mean, Judge Roy Hoffines. Judge. 
I was thinking Chester Charge, too, but maybe not. I mean, there's just so many things about the Astros that connect Houston sports throughout the years and, and what they um, were able to almost get done and, and, and all the tragedies that they've gone through. You know, we can't forget about guys like Daryl Kyle and Ken Caminetti and Dickie Thon and, and uh, you know, on and on and on. I mean, Don Wilson, too, a great pitcher I yeah. mean, before our time, really. But, I mean, he died and his numbers retired. Yeah, the great Don Wilson and, and what happened to J.R. Richard and the stroke and everything like that. Right. So, um, it, it, yeah, this is, uh, you know, if you're if you're a young Houston fan and you happen to be listening to this, I mean, you know, I, I hope you guys really appreciate what just happened i mean it's just uh we can't even tell you as somebody that some people that have been around long enough to see a lot of this stuff but i was just thinking about like i mean the first championship houston had with a major professional sports team that's why the rockets were always so beloved with akeem olajuwon and and that team in 94 95 and the back-to-back championships but you know they, uh, you know, you heard this too. People would say, well, Michael Jordan was kind of semi-retired then. He was playing baseball and he wasn't there. The Bulls were, you know, uh, there and, and healthy that they would have been able to make the run for the championships and the Rockets went out of one during those years. So even then, like, Houston kind of had a, you know, it's almost had a had chip on the shoulder because those were great Rockets teams. The Rockets got by those, uh, you know, Bulls teams, even in the Jordan era. It's not a given that, you know, Michael Jordan versus the Rockets, that that would have been an automatic win. And even when he did come back in 95, they lost to Orlando and the Rockets ended up being Orlando with the Clyde Drexler, those championships. So those are the only really I know the Houston Dynamo people will talk about that with MLS or they'll talk about the Oilers with the AFL. But we're talking about major you know, the NFL, the NBA, and, and Major League Baseball, the three major, because we don't, Houston doesn't have an NHL team. And, you know, the Astros, you know, here doing this again, I mean, that's just why this runs so historic. There's nobody that can say this championship wasn't earned. A, they were a hundred plus win team. You know, they, they started out from uh, opening day, got that big early lead, you know, won the AL West. They didn't come in as a, a wild card. That 104 win, uh, 100, excuse me, 101 win team. You know, they, uh, you know, they have, they get the, you know, they're really a complete team too. I mean, they, I know they, at the beginning of the season, it was a Dallas Keuchel and Lance McCullers. They add Justin Verlander, becomes kind of their big three. But even Charlie Morton, like we were talking about, I mean, just undersung hero part of that rotation right right yeah yeah i mean you, you're you still sound like you've got the chip on your shoulder and you're trying to sell it we're world we're world champions we're world champions you don't have to try to sell me or anybody that's listening right now you they, know nobody can take this away from houston as far as what happened with with baseball here this was historic beat the three great franchises landmark franchises a classic world series against the los angeles dodgers the houston astros are triumphant dodgers a great team there's nobody that can poke holes in this and say that, well, this team was probably a better one. Like, even the Indians, they'll say, oh, well, the Indians won 22. No, the Astros went through the playoffs. They beat everybody. They, you know, met the challenge, and, and they got by all the teams that, uh, you know, were were there in front of them who were great, who had legendary traditions. And, I mean, the Yankees and the Dodgers, both tough opponents, 
I mean, uh, it, even the Red Sox, I mean, that was a team everybody picked for a World Series at the beginning of the season. So, I mean, it was very well earned, this championship. It was great. And, and, and they gave us some legendary games, too. Now we can breathe easy. Anybody that's recorded these games or wants to watch them again, now that we know the outcome finally, that it's an Astros World Series championship, go out and buy your pennant, your gear. Go out and get your T-shirts. You know, honk your horns. Enjoy this, Houston. Enjoy a championship. It's awesome. Astros World Series champ. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'm going to close it out by just uh, reminding everybody, if you've been going through the postgame stuff and you think, oh, that's over with. No, we're going to we're going to try to get some of the guys that we, we've had on the show over the years and the Allison footers and the Greg Lucas the Bill Browns, Jake Kaplan, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we want to get some other perspectives and, you know, some of the people that we know this means so much to both because they covered this team and they've been around this team. Brian McTaggart, you know, he's a guy I, I know we're going to try to get. Uh, we're talking about somebody that's rooted for the Astros uh, since he was a kid. He's he's around our age, so he's been through the same uh, war that we have. Uh, so stay with us for all of that stuff. But, uh, hey, let me say it one more time because it's worth saying one more time. The Houston Astros, your Houston Astros, your Houston Astros are world champions. Tell it to us again, Ooh. Joe Buck. Tell it to us again, Joe Buck. Here's a ground ball right side. Could do it. The Houston Astros are world champions for the first time in franchise history. interviews subscribe to houston sports talk on itunes or if you're an android user download our free houston sports talk app in the google play store we're also available on stitcher or the TuneIn app and our website is houstonsportstalk.net Go!